The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I told my husband, if this doesn't work, two weeks later, I'm just going to pump. And it did not work. And two weeks later, I was just like, you know what? I guess I am just going to pump. And there I was, the only person that I've ever known to do what is called exclusive pumping. Giving birth is one of the most significant events of your life. Sadly, the joy that you should feel can often be replaced with anxiety and helplessness instead. As a labor and delivery nurse, I'm revealing insider information to educate you, reassure you, and decrease your fear. In this podcast, you'll hear empowering birth stories and experts weigh in on a range of topics. Being Jewish also has me exploring Judaism's influence on the reproductive experience. However, I speak to anyone wishing to navigate their journey with more joy and confidence. I'm your host, Hani Fingerer, and you're listening to the Happy Birthway Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Happy Birthway Podcast. I hope for those of you who celebrate Thanksgiving, you had a beautiful one. And for those of you who celebrate Hanukkah, oh my gosh, like it's just right upon us. It just like crept up. So a Freilichen Hanukkah to you. And in this episode, I am so excited. You know why I'm such high energy? Because I am interviewing someone who's super high energy. Her name is Tamari Jacobs. She is a lactation counselor that specializes in pumping for both exclusive and occasional pumpers. After not having the support that she needed to nurse her oldest son, she chose to exclusively pump. Her dream was to provide her son with breast milk, and this was the only way that was possible to do so. Realizing how little support she had while pumping and how little information was out there, she decided to create One With The Pump to provide all moms with help on their pumping journey. She exclusively pumped for two of her children and is currently nursing her baby boy with occasional pumping when needed. She absolutely loves supporting other mamas and steering them on a path that's right for them. Pumping does not need to be a guessing game. If you happen to be lucky enough to have a consult with her, then you will create together with her concrete plans to help you feel in control of your journey. This is going to be part one of our interview. I want you guys to have enough capacity to process it with your mom brains. We all know that mom brains need shorter bursts of information. So this is going to be part one and we will do part two in the next episode. So stay tuned. Okay, Tamari, I love what you've done on Instagram. I, You and I started our accounts about the same time and I have to say I am just astonished at your incredible growth. You're just, and I understand why, 
because not only do you put out amazing quality content and knowledge out there, you also are hilarious. So like you're a comedian oh, you. <laughs> and a consultant all in one. And of course, everyone loves you. So like you gained a massive following also because you're doing something that is so needed and that is unfortunately um, very underrepresented, underserved. So thank you for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is so nice. I know we, I really, really wanted to make sure that we got to do this podcast. I really, I love everything that you do. I was just thinking the other day about how we connected the first time we ever connected. Like, I totally remember I was in my classroom and I had found your account and we reached out to each other. And I was like, oh my God, look, like another kind of like similar account. And I just think it's crazy how both of our accounts have just like continued to grow and we just are getting a little bit more into this crazy Instagram world, but in a good way, because I'm just so happy to give education out um, and to give moms the education and, you know, the help that they need that I did not get, but really want to make sure that no one else feels that way and everyone else has. Yes, you're doing incredible work, social media, while there are many downs that downsides yeah. that we talk about. There are really a lot of things to gain from it that I also want to give a shout out to. And I had a I wish you were around when I was raising my little kids and pumping. I had such terrible experiences pumping. I hated it. But also, I just never got enough milk. And I'm sure that if I would have taken one of your classes to increase milk supply, it probably would have uh, been wonderful. And I have to just say this one cute little story, um, because you would appreciate it. When I went back to work after my last one five years ago, Um, She was about eight or nine weeks old and I was pumping. And because I woke up so early for my shifts, in the beginning, I woke up at like 4.45 first to get a pumping session in. And then I got smarter and I would pump while I was driving to work. Um, I would come out in the winter, it was freezing cold, November, December time. And I had this like kimono large sweater and I would set up the pump with a special like hands-free pump bra and I had a car charger and I would set it all up and drive the 35 minutes to work while I pumped with like my hands spread out um and you know it was just it was funny and then one day as I was driving to work and pumping suddenly I felt something warm on my leg, on my lap, only to realize that the milk was leaking um, from one of the bottles. And, and There's I nothing worse than that. And That's like, all I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> and like I couldn't stop it right away because I was driving. I needed my hands on the steering wheel. So... Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Um, Yeah, that's like everyone's worst nightmare is just to end up losing all of their milk. It doesn't get easier no matter how much milk you make. That is always terrible. Oh my gosh, yes. But even like my clothes is just gross. They smelled. I'm so happy that I change into (laughs) scrubs when I get to work. I was going to say, well, at least you had scrubs, right? Yeah, I had scrubs to change into. Not every nurse changes into scrubs at their job. A lot of them just wear scrubs on the way to work outside scrubs. I don't because I work in a... OR. So, um, you know, the standard of care is to change into hospital laundered scrubs. But um, I, I know, super duper fancy. So, (laughs) so look, those scrubs are just like stunning. You know, they're just gorgeous. Um, Nothing as fashionable as hospital, hospital issued scrubs. But I, I just, oh my gosh, I don't miss those days. 
and I remember when I finished pumping, I threw out that kimono sweater thing. I could not look at it. <laughs> it's like PTSD, right? Oh my gosh, totally. So let's have you tell us your journey and all the stuff that you experienced having your babies. So I think it's interesting because I really have had so many different experiences with each of my kids, which I'm happy about. I mean, at the time of each of them, I wasn't happy about because, you know, when you're in the middle of going through something hard, it's hard to see, you know, the silver lining, no matter what anyone says. But after the fact, I definitely can look back and see how each of the experiences kind of helped me and shaped me and prepared me you know, to create one with the pump, to create this business, to create the ability to help people. But at the time, I definitely did not feel that way. And let me tell you a little bit how. So I got pregnant with my son, Svi. He is going to be four. And I like was absolutely sure that I wanted to nurse him. Nursing was like really a big thing in my house. Um, my grandmother, my aunt, like everyone like did this stuff, gave Lamaze classes. Like it, w- it was something totally talked about that we were very into and I always knew that I wanted to nurse him. Um, I didn't even think twice that like I wouldn't be able to. Um, at my last OB visit, so I guess I was like 40 weeks pregnant, my OB asked me, she was like, do you think that um, are you going to nurse? Are you going to breastfeed? And I said, yeah, like, I really want to, like, you know, if I'm able to. And she's like, well, you know, like, if if he's not able to latch, then you can always just pump. I was like, what are you talking about? And I didn't even think that that was a thing. Like, you can just pump. And I remember coming home and telling my husband, I'm like, you know, I could always pump if he's not able to latch. And it was just, like, so mind-blowing for me because no one ever talked about that. I never even really like heard anything about a breast pump but i still wanted to nurse him so i had him all this um you know we had our 30-hour labor everything good that a firstborn gives you all the good stuff and after that i tried i tried latching him and like literally from the start he refused from the minute we were in the hospital it was just a catastrophe when it came to the latching he was just not he was just not able to i looking back i don't like People are like, did he have a tongue tie? I didn't even know that tongue tie was a thing. I didn't even know that that was something to look for. Like, still, like, recently, like, when he's three and a half years old, I opened his mouth and I'm like, do you have a tongue tie in here? (laughs) Because I didn't even know if, like, anyone had ever checked him for it because I didn't know if, um, by the way, I'm I'm currently pumping. If anyone here is pumping in the background, that's because um, just a piece of advice is to always use a virtual time to pump when you have to. Um, But that's a side note. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Just in case you guys hear a slight vibration. It mm-hmm. is me pumping in the background. Um, anyway, so yeah, I tried latching him. I didn't even know what the problem was. I was directly given a nipple shield in the hospital. No one was trying to help me. They would just like use this. I didn't even know how to use it properly. I had no idea what I was doing. I had a lactation consultant come to my house when I was like a week or two weeks postpartum. Um, at this time, during this whole shebang, I kept trying to latch him. Constantly, I would try and try and nothing would work. So in the meantime, I was pumping. I had to rip open my breast pump. I had never, ever opened it before. I didn't like, I ripped the pieces out of the plastic, tried to put everything together, not sterilized, not washed. I started pumping because my son was screaming his head off because he was starving. And then I was pumping one side, 
taking the bottle off, giving it to my mom. My mom would give him the half an ounce that quickly came out. While I was pumping the other side, we switched bottles. We kept switching the bottles that she was giving him while I was pumping the other one. It was just out of control. And basically, the whole time I was just pumping while attempting to nurse. And it just wasn't working. It just like nothing was working. My anxiety level was incredibly high because every time it was time for a feeding, I knew like, what was this time gonna bring? How was this gonna happen? And as a first time mom, I didn't even know that something was so wrong. You know what I'm saying? Did you get any support from lactation consultants in, during that time, including in the hospital? Because I would love to hear your, your experience of breastfeeding support in the hospital as well and then thereafter. Yes. So I have a pretty harsh stance on lactation consultants in the hospital, which is probably not fair. I'm pretty vocal about it on my page. And I know that you can never, ever generalize about anyone, um, you know, or any group of people. I know like specifically you, Hani, and I know um, there's a lot of people that work in the hospital that are really, really there for the moms, really try their absolute best to give everything to um, the moms. But I just do not think that the lactation consultants in the hospital are i don't think that they're that they're set up to help mothers succeed and i don't even think it's their fault more like employed by the hospital versus hired by the client exactly um you know you have either one lactation consultant for like 20 rooms or you have four lactation consultants who are all contradicting each other. Um, Those are really the two options. Um, I happen to have had an amazing lactation consultant this last day with my son. And it's probably one of the reasons why I ended Mm -hmm. up being able to nurse him because Mm -hmm. I had that help right there and then. But either way, you know, you want to get yourself started off having the support that you need. So right now I currently tell moms, if you want to make it work, you absolutely should hire a lactation consultant on your own to have on day three or four, which I find is when moms need the most help. So I'll tell them, like if I do a prenatal with them, I'll be like, get, hire someone already. Even if you don't know your due date, speak to them when you're 39 or 38 weeks and say, I want to book you for when I'm three days postpartum. Um, Because, you know, some lactation consultants book two, three weeks in ahead. You don't want to call someone in desperation and then tell you, I'm sorry, I can't get you in for two more weeks. So I did that this time around and it was incredibly helpful, but I did not know that when I was a first time mom. So I had the first lactation consultant come when I was two weeks postpartum, which is already pretty late in the game. You know, not late in the game, but but think about how many feedings that is. And it makes it much harder to establish successful breastfeeding so late in the game. Like those first weeks are extremely important. Exactly. And it's crazy because that's only two weeks in. Like imagine someone, you know, I was I was doing this until I was eight and or nine weeks. So just even like the first two weeks to do this and to try to like get things going, um, it was incredibly, incredibly difficult um, because I literally had no clue what I was doing and I didn't know that I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, That's the bigger thing is that as a first time mom, you don't even know what you don't know. So you don't know how to fix it and you don't know what support to look for. Yeah, That's really the biggest thing is that you don't even know what you're missing, which is wild. Yeah. 
And on that topic, I wanted to go back to the hospital piece. So I've worked in several hospitals and I really, really feel very strongly that the support and culture surrounding breastfeeding varies tremendously from unit to unit. I've worked in hospitals where it was very like loose and the lactation consultant would just, you know, hang out, go into some rooms, but the nurses were not very supportive. They didn't want to put in the extra time. They didn't receive the proper education to be, like you said, consistent. Right. So uh, patients, we've had patients who gave feedback that everyone was telling them something else. So they really didn't know what was right or wrong and they were confused. And um, Yeah, Hani, I would literally have one lactation co- consultant come in, tell me something and then because anytime one was passing I would have them come in and maybe that was maybe that was a fault an hour later another woman would come in and totally contradict her yeah yeah and then and then I I actually one of the hospitals I currently work at is absolutely incredible has a very very strong lactation program with like official referrals to a lactation consultant so not everyone gets one like if there's a mom that success- successfully breastfed her baby before unless she asks for it herself we're not going to refer her and a nurse wow. will recognize and see if there's a problem but the lactation consultant comes into the patient's room they take a full history thoroughly and they really um, pay a lot of attention and have a lot of concern. Now, for some people, granted, some of the lactation consultants are, they don't vibe with very much and they feel like they come off a little bit too strong. But, right. um, and the the education is very uniform. So we have annual education about breastfeeding and modules and information, maybe biannual, I'm trying to remember. But we have a lot of consistent education about it too, so that for the most part, we are presenting the same information to our patients from nurse to nurse. And um, I I have to say that there are, you know, there are baby-friendly hospitals where, okay, there are controversies around that too, but one of the major benefits of giving birth in a baby-friendly hospital is that the nurses all are required to have a special amount of training surrounding breastfeeding, and they they can promote that way and support moms much better. So I think that it varies tremendously from hospital to hospital. It's not always possible to know who, which hospital is going to be supportive more than another, but you can ask from friends, of course, and then you can also look for that baby-friendly credential because those hospitals have lactation consultants round the clock, and the nurses are have extensive training, and a lot of them are themselves have that certification of being a IBCLC, you know, lactation consultant. Um, so it's just to give people listening to this the you know the awareness that it varies very much and and my tenet is that is not best breast is not best supported is best i'm sorry that best doesn't rhyme with supported but really that that's my tenet so um those are important pieces that you're bringing up about that proper having that good support yeah so i just want to challenge that with I only ever heard the term baby-friendly hospital when I was studying to be a lactation counselor. I never, I never heard it for sure, not before I was a first-time mom, and I absolutely did not hear it until I went for professional training. So I think that's something else that, you know, it just comes with the continued education that first-time moms and all-time moms need is that 
that's some, something that you can look up is what's called a baby-friendly hospital. And basically, in short terms, that means that they're going to really, really support your breastfeeding journey from day one. They're going to support doing skin-to-skin right when your baby is born. Um, they're going to support you, like Hani said, in, you know, in the way of, of breastfeeding that everyone is trained. But not everyone knows that and not everyone knows of that term. So this is just another thing to put on the list of things that we must make sure that our moms are aware of because they aren't. They really don't know. Yeah. And we got to do something about it. Yeah. And and it's a credential through the AANC, I think. But it's a credential. So hospitals have to meet annually. They have to meet certain criteria in order to qualify. Um, I think that the bad rap that baby friendly hospitals get is the fact that they don't have a nursery. Um, but 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 again, they're set up in a way, ideally, where the staff to patient ratio is lower in order to be able to give the nurse more ability to support their patients, to give their patients the due attention that they need. And yes, and in general, uh, let me put it out there that hospitals are huge drivers of certain outcomes. They have the potential to be huge drivers of certain outcomes that a doctor is not and a pediatrician is not, um, you know, such as C-sections and rates of induction. Hospitals are also the drivers of that, the hospital culture, VBACs. So this is one of the things that I think a hospital can be a huge driver of, the breastfeeding outcomes of moms who are able to achieve successful breastfeeding and exclusively breast feed their babies if if that's what works for them and that's what they want not not that it makes them insanely crazy stressed out but these are things and unfortunately i have seen professionals that are a little bit too obsessed with the numbers the breastfeeding the six the exclusive breastfeeders that leave the hospital because there are we do keep that data of what the percentage is of moms that exclusively breastfeed their babies in the hospital, and that's reported. I'm not sure if it's to the state or to whoever authorities, and it's published, mm. and blah, blah, blah. And I I think that sometimes, actually, the some staff get a little bit too overcaught up in those numbers versus the actual support that people are getting, so they start freaking out if the mom asked for a bottle of formula for the second night because it's going to ruin the numbers. Um, right. and, and sometimes that then they go overboard in that case and make moms feel guilty or stressed or blah, blah, blah. So, right. um, yeah, there are many components to it. So let's continue with your story. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I was home and I had a lactation consultant who... Again, this is something that I talked about on my page that you really have to like vibe with your lactation consultant. We we did not vibe. We didn't vibe. She was a very nice person, um, but we just did not vibe. She didn't really, she didn't a- even ask me my goals, but, and it's interesting because I've had friends who use this exact same lactation consultant and had amazing experiences with her, which just shows that you have to have someone who you vibe with. So I did not vibe with her. It's like I friends. It's exactly. It's like any it's like relationship. Friends. You have to have certain 100%. chemistry. Your OB provider, your pediatrician, your lactation consultant. A hundred percent. You have to really like have chemistry. It has to work. And with her and I, it didn't work. But again, I didn't know that. So I just kept continuing on. I just kept trying and she gave me another nipple shield and I just, but you know what? It It's so much more than that because now after I became a, a lactation counselor, 
And, you know, looking back, it was so many things that I was doing wrong. I wasn't holding him in the correct position. His body wasn't in the right position. His head wasn't in the right position. I wasn't in the right position. Um, there were so many things wrong. It was There was no way that I could have been successful with the information that I had at that point. But again, I didn't know that then. So it wasn't really, you know, it was hard for me to understand that because during this whole time, I just kept feeling like such a failure. You know, I have this new life and, you know, now that I've three kids having one kid is like the easiest thing in the world but at the time going from zero kids to one kid you feel you feel like your whole life is is you know overturned upside down overturned I had no idea what was flying I had the hardest time um, adjusting I definitely had a lot of postpartum anxiety was definitely going the direction of of real postpartum depression because I was dying to breastfeed and nurse my child and it just was not not working during this whole time I was pumping I had no idea what I was doing when I was pumping. I didn't even know that the the phalanges had sizes. I just kept taking whichever one I saw. Um, I didn't even know that it had to, one time I could not get it to work. I didn't even realize that it had to have a duck bill in it. See, I teach this. I teach this to my patients when I set them up with a pump. But that's amazing. That's amazing that you do that because a lot of people don't know. Yeah, and that's the culture in our hospital. Like, we all do that. So it, it's really like testimony to the fact that Different hospitals have completely different philosophies around it. So it must be because for my clients, a lot of times they'll tell me that they're that the only thing that their lactation consultants in the hospitals tell them is like, A, you don't need a pump, B, don't look at a pump until you're six weeks, C, like just forget about the pump. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to have a pump. Absolutely not. But let's say someone told me that and I listened to that and I didn't touch my pump until my baby was six weeks, I would have had zero milk supply because I could not get my child to the to the breast. And I I had to protect my milk supply. Now, I don't know how I knew to pump. I, I think it really was more about me just wanting to give him the breast milk. So I said, oh, I have to pump every time to give him the breast milk. I didn't really understand why or you know how or anything like that. I had no rhyme or reason to when I decided to pump. Uh, I remember one time I was like, oh, it's fine. Like I'll end up just going five hours and like, I ended up getting like super cocky about it because I had a decent milk supply and like I totally lost my supply the next day and I was like, okay, I guess I can't go like five or six hours. Um, but I was just lucky that I had a decent milk supply because I had no idea what I was doing. So I basically just kept like guessing, getting stuff from the internet. You know, four years ago, it doesn't sound like so long ago, but like there were not even, I, I don't think there was even one, Instagram was like barely a thing. Um, four years ago. So that was 2017. I mean, it was a thing, but like it wasn't as much of a thing as it is now. There wasn't influencers wasn't as much of a thing. I think it was a bigger thing for like influencers, lifestyle, blah, blahs. But I think I think that the medical community, the educational community, the mental health community was not very prevalent on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was like fashion people and stuff. I'm just not into that. So I didn't, I wasn't aware. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I I only followed my friends. I never followed like a fashion blogger in my life. So they were there. I just didn't really care. But regarding like lactation accounts, I couldn't find anything. I remember I found a bunch of blogs. So I, I did find some blogs and I got some information from there. Um, and, you know, I took whatever information I could find on there and great, like whatever it worked. Um, I ended up at when he was two months old, 
Um, I ended up seeing one last lactation consultant who was like really, really professional. Um, she was fabulous. And had I seen her earlier, maybe I, I don't want to say I could have been successful, but maybe I could have had a bigger chance of being successful, but I didn't. She was really expensive or maybe come away with less trauma from the whole situation exactly maybe just having like a little bit more because we vibed right like i definitely um me and her we vibed i had a good chemistry with her we were much more on the same page maybe i could have had a different outcome maybe i just would have had more understanding of why this is never going to work but that's okay um, you know, she was very, very expensive, but it actually was worth it because I really find that like, if you don't invest in yourself, you're not going to get what you need. So even though it didn't end up working out, I'm very happy that I did it because I know that I did everything that I could have done. Um, and then after her, she gave me everything I went and I bought like different pacifiers and different bottles and the different this, and I did mouth exercises and all this stuff. And then I told my husband, if this doesn't work two weeks later, I'm just going to pump and it did not work and two weeks later I was just like you know what I guess I am just going to pump and there I was the only person that I've ever known to do what is called exclusive pumping thanks for tuning into the happy birthway podcast head over to your wedded academy on instagram to continue the conversation you'll find the link in the episode show notes as well as links to any additional resources products and services mentioned here If you love listening to this show, you can help it grow by sharing it with your friends and rating and reviewing it. To stay in the loop when new episodes are released, make sure to subscribe. Remember that your health needs are unique and require individualized medical advice. The podcast is not a replacement and some of the information may not be appropriate for your specific circumstances. My mission is to educate you so that you can confidently collaborate with your healthcare team. I believe that a healthy mom and healthy baby are simply not enough. We also need a happy mom with an empowering birth experience.